American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello and welcome to American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing, website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit BeatrixMedia.com. Experience your world communicated. If you like American Catholic History, please help others find it by sharing this episode and giving us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about Charlene Richard, who is known as the Little Cajun Saint. Richard died at just 12 years old after a brief but painful illness. And this is a fairly short episode because, frankly, there's not a lot to tell, but what there is to tell is pretty cool and dramatic. Right. She lived a fairly ordinary life, very much like the other children in her neighborhood. By all accounts, her life wasn't filled with extraordinary acts of piety, but it was the way she accepted her illness and suffering that made all the difference for her and since her death for so many others. So many miracles through her intercession. Dramatic ones, too. Right. Reminiscent of St. Therese of the Sioux. <laughs> Don't jump too far ahead. Let's start by telling her story. She was born January 13th, 1947 in Richard, Louisiana. Richard is an unincorporated community in Acadia Parish, Louisiana. For those listeners unfamiliar with Louisiana, what most states call counties, Louisiana calls parishes. Now, I must take a bit of a side road here because the name of the parish and the territory where she was born are just too interesting to just walk past. A family named Richard lives in Richard, Louisiana, and the parish is Acadia. In a podcast about Catholic history in North America, we've got to give at least a thumbnail sketch of what's going on here. So you're going to tell a story about that, right? I am. And yeah, okay. I know better than to get into your way. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I promise not to take too long. So Acadia was a province of New France. It roughly included the modern day Canadian provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, and part of the U.S. state of Maine. In 1713, Britain took control of Acadia at the conclusion of Queen Anne's War. But the historically Catholic and French Acadians didn't take kindly to suddenly being British subjects. Tensions lingered for decades with many Acadians engaging in subversive behavior. Then the French and Indian War exploded in 1754. Once the British and French were in open war in North America, the British governor of Acadia had a military reason to deal severely with the Acadians, and he ordered that they be forcibly expelled. So between 1755 and 1763, about 14,000 Acadians were forced from their homes at gunpoint. The British government transported them to the American colonies, to Britain, and even back to France. Many thousands died in the upheaval. A number of Acadians, especially those who were sent back to France, decided to return to the New World and to settle in Louisiana. Louisiana had been a French colony, but it was under Spanish control by 1762. The Spanish, however, were fellow Catholics, and France and Spain had friendly relations, so this was an acceptable arrangement for the Acadians. So in 1765, thousands of Acadians moved into south-central and southwestern Louisiana. The area where they settled now includes 22 parishes and is called Acadiana. 
one of those counties is named Acadia. And the descendants of these Acadian settlers are known today as Cajuns. Right. And among those Acadian families were the Richards. Eventually, the area where they settled acquired their name. So Richard, Louisiana is in Acadia Parish. Okay, now we're going to fast forward about 180 years. And in 1947, a daughter of these Acadian Cajuns was born and named Charlene Marie. She was the second of her parents' 10 children, and she grew up with a fairly standard Catholic Cajun upbringing. Yeah, she went to Mass with her family at the local parish, St. Edward. She went to school, was very active with friends, was good at sports, prayed her rosary, and also got into trouble from time to time. One of the common things said about her by those who knew her best was how ordinary she was as a child. Yeah, no one remarks about her being any more holy or special than her peers for the vast majority of her life. Her brother, much later after she died, did say that while she didn't pray more than anyone else in their community, she did seem to take the faith more seriously. So there's that. It wasn't until after her 12th birthday in 1959 that anything remarkable happened. In May of that year, she read a book about the life of St. Therese of Lisieux, presumably Therese's diary, The Story of a Soul. Charlene asked her grandmother if she could become a saint like St. Therese if she prayed like Therese did. Her grandmother assured her that she could. Another small side story here. I gotta say, the one time I read The Story of a Soul, the parts where Therese talked with utter joy about the prospect of dying and seeing Jesus face to face just left me in tears. The utter sincerity, simplicity, and joy of her soul at the prospect of death was just overwhelming. To Therese, death was the journey to being with her beloved, and so it, ha- it held no dread for her. Someone who reads her story and asks if she could be a saint in that way must have had that same inkling. And then to consider how Charlene actually died just a few months later, it's just too neat. It's almost like Charlene and Therese had a heart-to-heart and Therese basically arranged the passage. Okay, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? I can't help myself. Yes, but we're telling a story and we have to go step by step. I know. I'm just building anticipation. Mm -hmm. Can you see my eyes rolling here? (laughs) I'm sure the listeners can hear it, too. (laughs) All right. Let's keep going with Charlene's story. Okay, fine. So, yes, Charlene asked her grandmother that question, and then things went on as normal for a few weeks until one day Charlene came running into the house, pale and shaken, and said, Mama, you won't believe this. I know you'll laugh at me, but it really did happen. Mama, I saw a lady, a tall lady dressed in black. She stopped me. I looked up and saw something shaped like a woman, but I couldn't see her face. I was scared. When I asked her, in the name of God, what do you want? She just sailed under the oak tree and disappeared. Whether or not her mother believed her, her brother reported being with her the next day when Charlene saw the tall woman dressed in black again. This presumably was the Blessed Mother. Charlene left no record of the apparition saying anything to her, just appearing to her. In July of that year, 1959, Charlene's teacher sent a note home to the Richards indicating that something seemed to be wrong with Charlene and that they should take her to see a doctor. One thing led to another and she was taken to a specialist who handed her parents stunning news. Charlene had acute lymphatic leukemia and only had a very short time to live. Like I said, Therese was arranging things. Yes, but again, slow down. The rest of the pieces of the puzzle aren't quite 
you know, put together yet. Okay, well, let's tell the rest. So Charlene went immediately to live at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Lafayette, Louisiana. There, she was ministered to by the hospital chaplain, Father Joseph Brennan. It was Father Brennan who was tasked with telling Charlene that her illness was terminal, that she was going to die. The way that he did it was to tell her, Charlene, soon a beautiful lady will come to take you home to heaven with her. Charlene, perhaps channeling Therese, replied as though she already knew, and it was the most natural thing. She said, when that lady comes, I will tell her that Father Brennan says hello. Father Brennan, who had only been a priest for three months at this point, was floored. He would visit her daily, and she was always cheery in spite of the pain. She would greet Father and ask, who am I suffering for today? She offered her sufferings for others to be healed or for others to become Catholic. Charlene died on August 14, 1959, just 13 days after being diagnosed. Almost immediately after her death, the notion that she was special began to spread. Father Brennan told his friend, Father Floyd Calais, about Charlene. Father Calais had had some health problems of his own, and he had issues at his parish. He began to pray, asking for assistance through Charlene Richard's intercession. In short order, his health problem cleared up, and he was transferred to another parish. Naturally, it was St. Edward, the one in Charlene's hometown. And then, when he set out to raise money to build a new church for the parish, rather than it taking 10 years or more to raise the money, it took less than three. Father Calais and Father Brennan both continued to spread the word about the power of Charlene's intercession, and soon it was spreading beyond their efforts. Many, many other miracles have been reported through Charlene's intercession. One which we heard recently from our friend Abbot Mark at St. Benedict Abbey in Harvard, Massachusetts, involved a baby born with Down syndrome. This was in the 1960s before Downs could be identified before birth. The OBGYN who delivered the baby immediately recognized the telltale physical signs of Downs. He delivered lots of babies and knew the signs at a glance. The nurse in the delivery room agreed with the doctor and they informed the mother. The mother, who had known Charlene when they were children, prayed for a miracle, asking Charlene to help her baby. The baby was placed in a bassinet in the nursery, but back in a corner of the room where couldn't, you know, be seen through the window by all the people passing by. Later that day, when the pediatrician arrived to examine the baby for any possible heart defects, which are common for Down's babies, he inquired if he was looking at the right baby. The OBGYN and the nurses indicated that, yes, that was the correct baby. And then he looked back at them with a puzzled expression because the baby he was examining did not exhibit any physical characteristics of Down syndrome. During that time alone in the corner of the nursery, her Downs had miraculously cleared up. Another miracle involved a group of sick children in the late 1980s. Five children in a community were all diagnosed with a rare childhood cancer called neuroblastoma. One of them, Nicole Price, suddenly began asking her family to talk to Charlene, The family had no idea who she meant because they knew no Charlene's. Then one day, another of the families with a child suffering from neuroblastoma contacted the Prices and said they'd been to Charlene Richard's grave. After they explained who Charlene Richard was, Nicole's grandmother, Miriam Price, said it was like a bolt of lightning to her. They took Nicole to Charlene's grave, and when she saw the picture of Charlene on the gravestone, she said, that's her, that's Charlene. 
Nicole's cancer went into remission, and while the other four children died shortly thereafter, Nicole battled her cancer and some subsequent tumor scares for nine more years. Once she finally did succumb to the cancer, neither she nor her family saw it as a final defeat, but as a blessing, because through the ordeal, all of them grew stronger in their faith and grew closer to God, trusting Him more. Miriam Price said, I see Charlene as a saint who worked with Nicole while she was here. I think Charlene is the one that taught Nicole what she needed to know to leave behind a legacy of her own for her family. I don't ask for help for Nicole anymore. Now my prayers are in thanksgiving. The real miracle is that through Charlene, my faith has been strengthened and my belief in the power of prayer has grown stronger. Another miracle involved a severely premature baby, Elise Graham, who was deemed beyond help and was disconnected from the various life support systems. As she was dying, her grandfather placed a Charlene Richard prayer card on her body and suddenly the color began to return to her gray skin and her oxygen levels shot up from 20 to 95. Elise survived. All of the doctors and nurses present signed a statement attesting to having witnessed a miracle. The final line of the statement reads, what a beautiful miracle. Glory be to God through Charlene. There are many other miracles attributed to Charlene, which makes sense because, again, she was devoted to St. Therese of the Sioux. And St. Therese famously said that she wished to spend her time in heaven doing good upon the earth. The volume of miracles that Charlene seems to have to her credit is very Therese-like. So it seems the people of Acadiana are onto something, calling her the little Cajun saint. And while they've loved her from the beginning, her reputation as a miracle worker has spread far and wide. As we've recounted, miracles started close to home among people who knew her personally or came to know about her through the word of mouth. But it didn't take long for the story of her intercession to spread. Miracles have been reported all over the U.S. and even as far away as Belgium. People come to her grave and to her parish, St. Edward, to pick up a prayer card and a prayer cloth and to pray for her intercession with God. And if you go to the website for St. Edward, which we'll link to in our show notes, you can actually contact them and request that one of these be sent to you. The process for her canonization has begun. In the 1990s, the church began to officially collect accounts of her life and evidence for reported miracles. Finally, in January 2020, Bishop Deshotel of Lafayette officially opened her cause. Perhaps, before too much more time has passed, Acadiana's own little Cajun saint will officially be Saint Charlene Richard for all the church to revere. You've been listening to American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help others find it by sharing this episode and by giving us a five-star rating and a good review. Also, check out our sponsor, Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing, website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit BeatrixMedia.com. Experience your world communicated. Also, please support the many fine productions of SQPN at sqpn.com slash give. To learn more about Charlene Richard, to find previous episodes, or to learn about our upcoming pilgrimages to important and unforgettable Catholic holy sites, please visit AmericanCatholicHistory.org. 
We also love feedback and hearing about great Catholic history sites and stories from all over. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Catholic History, on Instagram at ACH underscore podcast, or follow StarQuest on Twitter at SQPN. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media and produced by StarQuest. <laughs>